is from St. Paul's first letter to Timothy. Let us be attentive. Timothy, my son, the saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things, let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith and purity. Till I come, attend to the public reading of the scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophetic utterance, when the council of elders laid their hands upon you. Practice these duties, devote yourself to them, so that all may see your progress. Peace be with you, the reader. St. Luke, let us be attentive. that time Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not on account of the crowd, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they murmured, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Peace be to you who reads the good tidings. Glory to you.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was in the altar, obviously, just a little while ago before the liturgy began, and I looked to Deacon uh, and to Father, and I said, you know, I have a dilemma. I have two sermons prepared today. And I think you said give them both, right? (laughs) That was a nervous laughter, right? (laughs) There we go, that's better. I, uh, I really had thought, and I did preparation on, uh, on saying a few words about the epistle, uh, St. Paul's letter to Timothy, and it really addressed more of a select group uh, of people. And then I also had prepared something, because this is one of my favorite Sundays, and that is the reading of Zacchaeus. So I decided to go with this one, with the reading of Zacchaeus. <clears throat> And I think uh, mostly because it really is a foreshadowing of a tremendous period of time in the church that we're about to enter, which is Great and Holy Lent. And I feel that this message of Zacchaeus is so critical to our Lenten journey and to our entire Christian life that I didn't want to pass it up and to share some words with you this morning. In fact, I'm going to share some words of... Father Zacharias, who has a beautiful um, commentary on the parable of Zacchaeus in the book, Remember Thy First Love. And I remember when I first read the first page of that commentary, I was so blown away as I read it over and over and over again. And it began to sort of seep deeper and deeper into me in terms of its meaning. And there was a mixed feeling I had when I read it. There was a feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm doomed. And then there was this feeling like, with God's help, this is awesome. We can do this. And this is what we're called to do. So you may have that same mixed feeling as I read this to you. And what I would like to suggest is that if you have that first feeling like, oh gosh, how is this possible? I want to allow you at least five seconds to contemplate that and then move on to the second part, which is the more we can do this with God's help. Deal? Okay, five seconds. So let me start with his words and then I'll just interject some things along the way. No matter how greatly we have corrupted our hearts through sin, there comes a time when like Zacchaeus, We burn with the desire to know the Lord, to know just who He is. Now, I don't know if that's something you've experienced, or perhaps experienced in part, or to a small degree, or to a great degree. But there is a time when every person comes to this point where they desire to truly know the Lord, no matter how corrupt their hearts have become. No matter how dense the darkness of the pit of sin into which we have sunk, sooner or later the moment comes when the question of eternity refuses to be ignored any longer. And here we begin to think about our own mortality. We think about time. We think about how fleeting and quickly it passes and how our life is going toward an end. And we move closer and closer to that end every single day. And we can deny it because it's uncomfortable. We can choose not to think about it because it makes us feel uneasy. Or we can look at it and face it and actually do something about it. 
I would say most of the time, most people don't like to think about it. It's scary. It's bothersome. It's uncomfortable. But the question of eternity refuses to be ignored and refuses to go away. We begin to see our past life as one massive betrayal of God, as a wholly unjust offense against Him. Our spirit now yearns for things eternal, for we have begun to see the vanity of anything that does not bear the seal of eternity. We see as vanity anything that does not help us progress toward eternal life. We begin to see the vanity of life, the vanity of the world, the vanity of things, the unnecessary things of life that we hold to be so important to us and of such great value. All of a sudden, they have no value at all. There are some people who come to this realization while they are young or while they are healthy. But most people come to this realization when they are older and when they are dying. And you ask any person who is about to leave this world, and I can guarantee you that nothing in this world matters anymore. It didn't matter when they came into it, and it's not going to matter when they leave it. The only thing they can think about is the next life. And if they're a Christian, they're thinking about their life with Christ. This is a crucial moment for our eternal future depends entirely on the direction we choose to take once we come to this realization, once we come to this moment when we realize the corruptness of our heart and how we've chosen things and people above God. We come to this realization and it is a crucial moment for it is a moment in time where we will have to choose now if we will continue on that path or change our direction and choose another path, the path that leads to eternal life. If we turn to the living God, he says, and accept his word, ardently desiring to see the face of the Lord, he will enlighten us and begin his work of salvation in our soul. When he sees that in us, when our Lord sees that, he begins the work of salvation in our soul. This is a mystery, but this is also a reality. He will embark, we will embark on an adventure with God. All we need is the desire to know God, which is the theme of Zacchaeus, his desire to see Christ, together with a little bit of humility. Desire and humility. These are the ingredients. Desire and humility. And these are the two things that Zacchaeus displayed. He had the desire... And he had the humility to climb up into a tree and to make a fool of himself, a public spectacle, for a grown man to do such a childish thing. The desire is the small part we offer up to God in faith. And without it, though, God will not act. To our small part, he then adds the infinitely greater part that is called grace, which enlargens our hearts fourfold, and saves us. It is the grain of mustard seed. It is, it is the humility and it is the desire. And you put those together and they have to be true. can't be false humility. It can't be a wavering desire. It has to be a strong, ardent desire 
to see the Lord. As soon as those two come together, God infuses that grace and it enlarges our heart. And then all of a sudden, we see our life, we see our family, we see the world, we see everything very differently. It is no longer through our carnal senses. It is through, really, the desire to love and to know Christ more fully. It's exactly how we were created. It's exactly what God desires from us, is to love Him and desire Him that much. This is why one of the faculties of the soul, epithemia, desire, was given to us. So that we would turn that 100% onto God. But in our fallen nature, that desire is scattered among many, many things. And we need to collect all that through the grace of God and the help of our Lord so we can offer it fully up to God. And you know what happens then? Everything else in life falls in place perfectly. Perfectly. According to St. Cyril of Alexandria, Zacchaeus was consumed with the desire. Consumed. Have you ever been consumed by something? You can't get it out of your mind. You can't, you can't get it out of your heart. Your body just sort of gravitates. It's just all-consuming. It becomes almost an obsession. That could be a person. It could be a thing that you want. It could be a job. It could be anything. Consumed. Zacchaeus was consumed with the love of God and to know Him. Nothing else mattered. In fact, I could, I, I could almost see Zacchaeus walking through the crowd with his eyes set on a tree. And no matter who was there, he was just weaving his way through. He wasn't consciously aware, maybe, of even the people around him. He didn't care what they, think, they thought, that's for sure. He made a beeline, he climbed up the tree just so he could see the Lord. Because he had that consuming desire in his heart. <clears throat> this is the seed of salvation. And when this seed falls into the heart of man, into each one of you and me, he has a great longing to see who the Lord is. Once he is possessed, this is a good kind of possession, once he is possessed by this longing, he will do certain things which will seem mad in the eyes of the world, but which will in fact prepare the way for his meeting with the Savior. Things that are silly, things that are nonsensical, things that are just sort of ridiculous. Maybe you're driving and you pull over because you have this insatiable desire to, to, to read the scripture and you have the Bible in your car. Maybe you're sitting with a group of people and you have this insatiable longing and desire to go and be in quiet, to sit in peace with your, with your Lord. And you get up and this is what's wrong with him. What is he doing? Why is he pulling over? Why, why are you going to church so much? What's the big deal? This is nuts. This is the sort of stuff that a person is deaf to once they have that deep, deep longing and desire to know and to see Christ. I read one time years ago by St. Theophon the Recluse. I read many things that he had written in a, in a, in a couple of books. Uh, but there was one thing that has always come back to me, and I want to share it with you because I think it's so important to, to what is being said here. Because when we think of, I just need more desire, oh, I gotta, it's, it's kind of like you have to pressurize yourself to feel desire. And that's not how it works. St. Theophon the Recluse says that... The desire that we have been given is in a fallen state. Just like our will is in a fallen state. We, our will needs to be healed. Because we will a lot of the wrong stuff. And we desire a lot, a lot of the wrong stuff. These things are really divine, God-given attributes to us. But they're broken. They're, 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 not, they're not well. And he says, so in order to start your walk 
The very first thing you have to do is say, Lord Jesus Christ, grant to me the desire to know you and the desire to love you with all my heart. And I mean it. That's where it starts. And God, in His mercy, even gives us the desire to have the desire to move towards Him. So everything, everything we need, we have to ask for it. Don't try to just pull this off on your own. This is not something we can kind of muster up. This is something that, that we have to go to our Lord and say, Lord, I have been walking around a deserted land all my life. And I realize that I'm walking in circles. And that everything in this world is really vanity. And I realize that my end is coming, to, uh, is com- coming near. And my time is very short. And I want to use the rest of my life to really get to know you and to love you as deeply as possible. But I can't do it. I can't even have one thought toward that motion. I need you and ask you, please, give me just a small amount of desire to apply to that investment so that I can begin to know you and love you as you desire for me and as I now desire for myself. Amen.